0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Drop in the Gloves. Thanks for joining us here. Nice Monday, Tim. It's already February. It's almost over. Where does the time go? What hat you got on this morning? It's a new one. Yeah, this is from Waggle
1: Golf. Just came in over the weekend. It's a little boxy, but it, it, it like you, know, you break it in a little bit, so it's a little bit more round. I like it, though. You're a golfer? I didn't know that. No, I just like their hats. I got one years ago, and I really liked it, so time for another. You just play it on TV.
0: Okay. Yeah. It's like a Caner. You see Caner's hats? He always wears them. They look extra big on him. he got a smaller head, but he has like an extra large hat. He likes the, the bigger hats for whatever reason. You and him are very similar, Tim. I always thought so. Yeah. Very similar. Before we get into it, I just want to say this episode is brought to you by our friends at Give Better, Tim. It, it, it's going swimmingly. You only have three more days left in February to go to dtg to cash in your $100 chance of free money. We're getting inundated with messages daily. People saying, oh, I can't believe it was real. I can't believe you guys are actually giving away $100. Like this is, I, I didn't know. It's nice to see, but there are some of you who still aren't doing it. You're not believing the hype. So go give it a chance. You got three days to win $100. You can buy Tim and I something. Go buy some merch from our merch store. It's Someone super easy. What? Already. He's like, hey, I used the money to buy a hoodie. So I'm like, huh. great! Double and down, the, hoodies the hoodies are not oh. a hundred dollars. The hoodies are way cheaper. You can probably buy three hoodies for that much. So yeah, go to GiveBetter.app/dtg. It's super simple. It's a fun little app. You swipe left and right or up and down. They make it really user-friendly, and then at the end of the day, you win $100 if you get five right. Only for the next three days. After that, you're just into traditional sports gambling, but it's super fun. It's a fantasy-based thing. And then we're going to get into the, the, well, you've lost, but then you give some to charity. So it, it's a win-win all around, but for this first little foray, they're making it super incentivizing for you guys to go out and win some free money. So check it out. Go to GiveBetter.app/dtg. You have three days left. That's it. I think you have to give them your cell phone number. And that's it. There's no other strings attached. So no credit cards you have to put down or anything. It's just a fun game to win some free money It helps us out, too. So go give them a chance. Give them a call. Give them a download. And you'll uh, you'll be pleasantly surprised. All right. Moving on. I was in Chicago last night, Tim. My, My first time back in a while. I've been doing the Hawks cast this and that, but I was on the main show and it was a big game. Lots of layers to this. Alex Dobrinkit back in Chicago. Patrick Kane back in Chicago for the first time since being traded to the Rangers last year. Huge deal. Everything trumping that was Chris Chelios was getting his jersey retired for the Chicago Blackhawks. He played there nine seasons only. Holds all kinds of records. Most PIMs all-time in Chicago. Top 10 of points and this and that, blah, blah, blah. The guys loved I didn't know he was born in Chicago. Born, raised, won multiple championships there with minor league hockey and high school hockey and this and that. So they love him in Chicago. He lives there currently with his family. Guy's got like five houses all over the world. But he has one in Chicago. So that was a big deal, the big jersey retirement. What made it so different from other jersey retirements, Tim? Chris Chelios is a celebrity. He, he, he's not just in the hockey sphere. You know, you think of celebrities, you go, okay, it's going to be a hockey thing. There's going to be a lot of hockey players there. It's going to be really fun, mostly from the Hawks. No, this extended out to the celebrity stratosphere. They had a, a dinner the night before that I didn't get the invite for because I don't know Chris Chelios from, you know, you. I know him a little bit, but not much. I work with his daughter, Kaylee. So we have been sort of building this friendship. I guess the dinner was bonkers. There was celebrities everywhere. And then it followed into the next night when he had his jersey retired. They had a three o'clock ceremony. The Hawks did it first class. I sent you a picture, I think, Tim, of what was going on. But it was, it was legit. He get up there. He spoke for like 30 minutes, 40 minutes. And then it was after the game. Or during the game was fun, too, because they started showing who was there. And I was trying to write everybody down. Who was there but it was it was a lot because every commercial break they would show someone on the jumbotron it's like holy cow he's here where is he at so i'll do- oh let me catch my breath it was wayne gretzky it was mark messier dennis rodman eddie vetter from pearl jam um duncan keith there was seabrook hosa sharp john McEnroe, tennis player gary Souter, all former hawks Belfour savard um jeremy roenick tony Amonte, ty domi um sydney crawford uh, supermodel um the doctor from the scrub show the older guy he he would always go no 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 that guy i really liked that guy super funny um Iserman, theo epstein from the cubs gm brian mccabe keith carney and then a bunch of other people I, I was just there was too many to write down like ray ferraro was there and all these other so that was cool during the game they do the big ceremony. Sydney Crawford does the shoot a puck at center ice. She nails it. it. It was just that was a cool moment because she is one of those people who everybody knows her. You know what I mean? She she's just almost like a, a Mike Tyson or a Michael Jordan type, where she just is known throughout the world. She was in the era of just supermodels. Maybe a little bit a little bit older than you. Were, did you know her, Tim?
1: I knew the name, but no, she was before my time when she was doing her thing. And when she was that celebrity
0: figure, I had a poster of her on my wall. No kidding. I don't know where I got it or how I got it, but I had her poster on my wall. And so when I found out she was there, I was like, I I have to meet her. Like I have to, and then she's shooting and she buries it. Nobody else come close to getting it in the hole. And I was like, this is so cool. So you fast forward, we'll get back to the game, because it was a very exciting game. There's a lot of layers there, too, with Kaner and everybody. I will say this about Chelios' speech. So it was kind of neat. He almost passed the torch to Kaner, because Kane's sitting on the bench, and he goes, Kaner, you know, I went from Chicago to Detroit. The jersey looks a little weird, but you'll get used to it. The next time you'll be here, your your jersey will be being raised to the rafters. And everybody started thinking, yeah, probably will. Like, it's kind of neat that he was there, Kane was there, Watching him from the bench, and then there's Duncan Keith up in the press box, who probably will he have his jersey retired in the next two or three years. So there's a lot of there's a lot of people there, Tim. It was pretty fun. But
1: well, you know,
0: but fast, they today they're telling their friends and family, "Hey, you know who was there last night? John Scott. John Scott no, was in the
1: building. They're yeah. definitely not.
0: <laughs> they're definitely not saying that. But uh, I did. The after party was where it was all at. So I had to do the post game. For the hawks. So we're rushing through this, me and Pat Boyle. Then Pat's like, I got to do this, this hawks podcast. I'm like, damn it. He's like, you want to do it with me? I'm like, I don't, but I will. And so we did that. That took another 10 minutes. So we're, we're an hour behind everybody at this point. So we go down to the party and it's VIVIVIP. You have to have a password and you have to have a wristband, neither of which Pat and I have. So we're sitting at this door trying to get into this party and he took over the whole atrium of, of the, united center they it's just this huge enclosed entrance where the michael jordan statue is it's it's massive so they took over that whole area we're trying to get in there's fans talking to me trying to get pictures the the security's trying to get all the fans out of the arena so they they don't have to deal with them anymore so finally we get a hold of kaylee chelios she gets us through the doors and we walk in and it's just like Ma! it was it was so bizarre to see all of these Hall of Famers just hanging out, like just shooting the breeze. It was so incredibly weird. And so I, I turn one way, there's Mark Messi. I turn one way, there's Ray Ferrara. I, I turn somewhere else, there's Jeremy Roenick. I turn around this way, there's Ty Domi. I turn, like, it was incredible. And then I didn't know if my my teammates were there, my old guys. And I come around the corner, and there's Duncan Keith. And he's always like very standoffish. I'm like, hey, Dunks, how's it going? And then I go and talk to Marion Hosa. So it, it was just it was so surreal to be in that environment. And I I, I was telling Tim a funny story before we came on. Steve Eiserman is um is there because obviously he played for Detroit and played against Chelios. I think he played with Chelios. Won three cups with them. Two cups with them. And so he's talking to Pat Foley Hall of Fame announcer for the Chicago Blackhawks who I'm friendly with and Ray Ferraro's there came Granado, who Ray for it's Ray Ferraro's wife and there's a couple other guys who are in a circle and I'm doing my goodbye rounds because it's like 10 30 11 o'clock at that point I still had to drive back to Traverse City so I'm like trying to get out of there but trying to do it in a polite way and also trying to like get my face in front of these guys like hey John nice to come on my show I'm a <laughs> I'm a big uh a simp um and so I'm shaking everybody's hands, and Iserman turns around and doesn't want to shake my hand. I d- I don't know if he did it on purpose, but I think he did because he did the same thing to me in the press box when I was going to do the post game show. He was there with Yuri Fisher, and I know Yuri Fisher because remember we met him in Detroit, Tim, at yeah. the GLI in the basement. Yeah. So yep. a huge defenseman still works for him. And I said, Yuri, remember me five, six years ago, we were in the, you know, the Joe Lewis. I saw you in the base. He's like, Johnny, how's it going? And then we said, sh- we're chatting at Eisman's right beside him. we lock eyes and he turns around <laughs> away from me. And I was about to go good game tonight. You know, good signing with Kaner. And he turns around, he like walks towards the elevator. And that was my first inkling. I'm like, does he not like me because of what I say on the show? I'm like, nah, no. Nah. Well, fast forward an hour and a half later, 100%. He knows what I say about him on the show, how the Yizer plan is a joke and he ruined the team and this and that because he, Tim, it was so obvious. I'm shaking all these cans. I'm like, Pat, it was great seeing you get it. did a great job. Congrats on everything. You know, oh, Ray, he introduced me to his wife and who else was there? I, I think it was Domi. I was like, hey, man, you know, I, I'll see you around and then. I go to, like, say hi to Steve and goodbye and, like, congrats and this and that. He just turns around. I'm like, you... <laughs> is, it was really is funny. There,
1: is there any reason other than, you know, you bashing the Iser plan that he might be standoffish to you? Like, because he wouldn't have, like, just big leagued you because that was the setting you no. were in with to say hello. And that was it, right? No. like you were I, fans I think coming up. A
0: I think he listens to the show. I, at least I think he's heard he's... the
1: clips. Yeah.
0: I'd like to think he listens to the show. <laughs> hey, that, Steve. That's right. I hang my hat. I'm like, he's listening to it daily. And I, I've been very critical of him. So maybe he either saw a clip or this and that, but I, I think he's heard something and he's like, this prick he says, I don't yeah. know what I'm doing. I'm not shaking his hand rightfully. So, but it was my first taste of how this podcast bleeds into real life. Where I'm like, oh, he he knows what I say about him. (laughs) Like I I always assume nobody listens to this. You know what I mean? And I can say whatever I want. And now I'm coming to the realization that it does seep out into the real world. And people hear it and they don't like it. Yeah, There there is is consequences consequences
1: of my actions.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It was just funny. And then the same thing happened. All the Hawks players started to come in. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I've been trashing these guys pretty heavy, you know, throughout the year and even on air. And, like, the first guy I run into is Jared Tenorti. I'm like, oh, my god! Who you got traded for, right? Who I That's got the- traded for. Yeah. And, and so and he played bad. Like, he was icing the puck left and right during the game, and I was just ripping him, like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so <laughs> I just, like, I just tucked my tail. I'm like, hey, man, like. You got, and I I was polite and I just said hi. I've never met him. Like, we got traded for each other. And he's like, Yeah, that was crazy. Like, I wasn't even playing in the NHL. And yeah, you ruined my life. Um, (laughs) So it was just, it was really, it was really funny. It was all cordial, but yeah, it was just funny. It was uh, another moment. I'll I'll get off of this in a second, but I got a text during the game from somebody. I'm like, Hey, they're like, Great job. You should stay with NBC for a long time. You're going to sign long term. I didn't know who it was. And so I just ignored it. That happens. I got a new phone. I got an old new phone. So the storage wasn't enough to hold all my numbers. So I had to just really make some hard decisions. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to the elevator to go up to the press box and there's Connor Murphy. He's like, oh, you don't respond to my texts. I'm like, I didn't know you texted me. He's like, check your phone. I'm like, oh my god, I didn't save your number. <laughs> He's like, You're <laughs> such a jerk. So here's this NHO player. I'm just like big dog, and then I run into him in the elevator. So that was kind of funny too. We should get him on the show. Um, who last He's from He's injured last right night, now. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Even better. Who was who were you most
1: happy that was excited to see you? Who was like, Man, Dunks is really you know, I just said Dunks
0: kind of standoffish. fish, but who else would that be? Um, I, I wanna say Hosa. We we yeah. were always really close when we played together. And I, I saw him. We locked eyes. And he's like, Johnny, what are you doing here? So I went and I, I chatted with him for quite <laughs> a long time. Here? Who let you yeah. in? Yeah. yeah, right. So I'm like, why are you here? Because they did everybody on the Jumbotron. I'm like, I wasn't a part of it. And you yeah, know so- that
1: <clears throat> like in college, when the big people go around like, hey, who do you know here? And if you can't answer, they give you the boot. That's, <laughs> that's what he was doing to you. Yeah, like, he's who like, do like know, who do you know? Though? How did you get in?
0: Yeah. <laughs> How did you get in? Here? He was fun. And then all the old guys, like it was... Palling around with Ed Belfour and stuff like that. Jeremy Roenick, I talked to him for quite a bit. Once the Eddie Vedder concert started, I just wanted to watch the show. I, I, I missed out on seeing him in college. He was playing in Marquette, and I just didn't want to drive over there. And I regretted it and regretted it. And I finally got to see him play. It was it was the whole Pearl Jam band, and it was pretty incredible. So that was that was a lot of fun. I just locked in on him. So, but all in all, it was just like. It, It'll never happen. And it's like Dennis Rodman's bouncing around. He's like no one knows where he is. He like you hear the stories and you watch like The Last Dance and like all this stuff. It's all real. Like it's all real. Like it like, he was gone. Absolutely gone. And then like it's just crazy all the stories that they told. Like those guys used to go out all the time. <clears throat> all the time and then what they would do is they would go to the rink they would put a bicycle in the sauna and just bag themselves to sweat it out and it's just crazy to hear these hall of famers just nonchalantly talking to twenty thousand fans in the united center going oh man we used to take like, one playoff game we went out and we just got bombed and you know we had to sweat it out the night before but shelly came out and played fantastic that night and we beat this team in the playoffs i'm like are you guys crazy like it's just it was a different world pre-cell phone pre-anything it was just it was amazing and they talked like that was the normal thing to do and every story they told everything that every every story uh, ah, you know we're just hanging on having a couple cocktails every story started that way everyone <laughs> it was just it was just pretty pretty neat to hear and then and i'm like you were you were married the whole time, Chelly. Like you got married after college. Like I did. And he's like, ah, I'd follow Rodman all around town. I'll be going this uh, three, four in the morning. I'm like, what is your wife? think? Like she's sitting right there. How is this? Like, were you guys cool? Was she with you? I just wanted to like pick his brain. Like your kids are my age. So they like, you had kids at this. It was just, I just didn't want to stir the pot, but I'm just like, it was pretty, it's a different world compared to today. When Pearl jam goes on stage Everybody's just got their cell phones. It just it's so sad. I took one picture and then I put my phone away and I was the only one who was just like enjoying the show. Not that I'm better than them, but I just hate that. I, I just really don't like just you're you're watching it through your phone and not experiencing it in real life. Like you don't think they have a professional videographer here that you can go watch it at some point? That's what I always figure. I always figure someone else is gonna take a picture, then I can look at that picture. But I'm going to just enjoy it. But so, Should we talk about the game
1: itself for a second before we move on to the other topics? But great game. It looked like. I didn't watch the whole thing, but back and forth goes to overtime. And who but Patrick Kane?
0: <sighs> it, it was an incredible game because, well, Dabrinkit gets lucky. He scores with four minutes left from behind the goal line to tie the game. The Hawks played fantastic. I think that the Red Wings were a uh, second game of a back-to-back. They were coming in, and it was, it was an emotional night. All the ceremonies, they did that. They did a big Caner montage on the Jumbotron. He was getting a little choked up. He said it after the game. He didn't really find his game until midway through the second because the first he was just – he was out of it. He said it was just a weird game. But, yeah, you fast-forward to overtime. Detroit might have the best overtime team. To put together two solid lines of overtime players, like what? Maybe Edmonton because the speed factor. But what better threesome could there be than Kane, Larkin, and DeBrinket? That's that's pretty legit. I know there's other good ones. Like Colorado can throw one together, and so can the Oilers. And the Rangers Toronto, have a pretty good unit. Yeah. Toronto could probably match them, but those guys got out there. I'm like. Just the puck control, because that's all it that is in overtime, getting that puck and controlling it. Chicago had a tough break. Um, Bedard gets it. He breaks his stick. I broke three sticks last night. Anyways, Kaner, he was the second shift to get on the ice. Was, or, uh, Bedard was the first. He was out there for two and a half minutes. So Chicago goes down. They have a great a chance. They miss it. They're so tired they can't even get up the ice. Kaner has a breakaway from the red line he has time to look behind him and to just relax he's like i got lots of time and when you like when you give him that much time we see what he does in a shootout when he has kind of a time restraint where you have to keep the puck moving forward he could have stopped and just relaxed for a little. It, it was a lot of room and he goes in and roofs it upstairs he pushes away the d man who's trying to cheer for him and he goes heartbreaker or showtime showtime that's what he used. Showtime, ah, showtime! Like just giving it to the crowd. I don't know if he was trying to give it to them or just celebrate with them because it seemed like it was a little yeah. bit of both. Because then after the game he came out, he does his curtain call. He did three during the game, curtain calls, skated around the ice, and the fans were going nuts for him. Then after the game, he did two. I want to say the fans are great with him. He was he was just patting his heart. I love you guys. Oh, my heart's always in Chicago. It was pretty neat. It was a neat yeah. moment.
1: I, I I didn't watch the game like I said I should have I, I just I was, I don't know what I was doing but you texted me like hey do you see that overtime so I pulled it up on Twitter to look up you know Patrick Kane and I thought it was a shootout because he had so much room and the camera right. zoomed in you don't see it, and I'm like wow and then it, <laughs> then I look up it's overtime not shootout just amazing and and it's not like that move was just so incredibly unique or fancy but something about it just seemed very unfamiliar like I don't I don't think I've seen that exact move oh it's similar to the pasta knock thing where he kind of almost scoops over it the top of his yeah the stick over it and then buries it high it's just beautiful goal and
0: really cool night. yeah My, he's, he's never done that it, it was yeah. a strange goal but he just he just waited marazic out there was a point marazic had to go down because a five hole was available then finally Morazic relented and he's like i have to go down like we've been you've been coming at me for the last like literally 12 to 15 seconds and so you watch seth jones in the background he skated for five strides, and then he just straight-legged it from the red line all the way in. (laughs) He was just waiting for Kaner to score because he was so gassed because he was out there for two and a half minutes, and he should have scored twice. Very, very, very good chances. Three on three was entertaining, but, yeah, it was fitting. Kaner gets it at, you know, in Chicago. Bedard scored. He had a goal. Then we re-looked at it, and Foligno had a tip on it. But, yeah, good game all around. Very fun but and now know, here so- i am now yeah here we are. So there, <laughs> there, there was some uh actually speaking of that there was some chatter about this next guy we're going to talk to connor murphy the guy i talked about earlier defenseman for the hawks i get into the elevator with him and he goes did you see the Remke fight i'm like rempe what rempe it's rempe whatever renance rempe do you see the Rempi fight? I'm like, yeah, Delorie, um a couple nights ago. He's like, "No, check out the Olivier fight right now." Like, he got worked. And so right away I go and find, you know, the fight. I I was blown away, shocked that these types of fight are happening in the NHL today. A league that's more accustomed to protecting your face, playing defense, not not trying to inflict pain, you're trying to just win the fight but not by very much these last few fights for this kid Tim are just a throwback to the 80s they're throwing caution to the wind There is no defense it is all gas no break it is amazing to watch and that's why I think he's getting so much publicity because nobody knows what to think of this this is uncharted territory for the NHL I, I would say since 2000 there's been nothing like this and people are shocked. They're mortified. What is he doing? It's crazy. I love it. I think it's fantastic. I think this kid is good for the game. I just did a little interview with somebody from the Rangers. He's like, oh, what do you think he's going to have to change? Do you think he should slow down? I said, no, he should keep doing this. This is this is great. He's making a name for himself in the NHL. So we'll, we'll break down a couple of his fights. What did you, the first big one was, I want to say Delorie because he did fight Matt Martin in the outdoor game. Martin seat belted him. I, th- I think he he knew he was in over his head a little bit with the size of this kid. He's six seven, two forty, so he's a, he's a big human. Like he he's not small. So Martin kind of just played his cards right and just punted to the next game. But the first real fight that I liked was the uh, Nicky Deloria, my former teammate. I asked Nicky to fight one time. I was in Arizona. We were in Buffalo. I said, Nicky, give me one. Got to give me one. He's like, Nah, not doing it. I was. The guys got long arms. If you, if you look at him, and he's standing straight, and his arms, I think, touch the outside of his kneecaps. that's how long they are. like he's a knuckle drag. He's got a reach on him for days, but he fought this kid. What a fight. What a fight, and Nicky's a throwback too, or he just he's all gas. And I don't think anybody knew this Rempy kid had that in him because of the Mad Martin fight, and he beat up Nick Laureate. He worked them pretty good. Now like he didn't knock him out but it might be the best fight that we've seen in the NHL in a long time. It was nice to see that. It was the old days of Craig Cox and Stu Grimson and Marty McSorley and Bob Probert where you're just really trying to knock someone out. I tried to do that. I'm not going to toot my own horn, but I didn't really play much defense, but I didn't really play that much great offense. This was a fun fight to watch, and it it was a fun fight because Repi doesn't know how to play defense. He's a terrible fighter. Like just like when you break it down, he's a bad fighter. Like he he has a lot to work on. He has a lot that he needs to improve upon. But he's just this raw big kid who just throws his hands around, and it's fun to watch. And he's trying to stay into the league, and he knows that's what he needs to do to stay into the league. So he's got the passion, he's got the motivation. He just needs to work on some things. What did you think, Tim? You were probably just scared. Of all the <laughs> yeah, violence. I was watching,
1: covering my eyes. No, it was great. It was a lot of fun to watch and. I'm trying to think of like another time because it's like it's almost like a, it, the mania is crazy right now around this guy. Like every night he plays is making headlines either for the fights, for the goal, the hits that he's throwing. It, it reminds me of when Lucic came up like the, for, and making headlines for something other than like hockey skill just by the fights and the hits and all like that. The toughness stuff is just there's no one in the league doing it right now. And I wonder how sustainable it is. So let's talk about the next fight, which was Sunday night. So he fights. DeLaurier on Saturday night, which is arguably the toughest guy in the league, but certainly top three, five. And then Olivier on Sunday, which is another guy who's on the top of that list. And this time, Rempe gets his lunch fed to him,
0: right? Yes. And Olivier, he said after the game, he did do a little research. So he knew what to expect. And fighters do this. I did this. So he knew what Rempe was going to do. And you could tell early on, Rempe, just a bad strategy. And this is what I mean. He needs to tweak his... His fighting style because he has all the assets in the world. I can relate to him. We're tall guys. We have a long reach. You watch that fight and you watch where he grabs onto Olivier. He's grabbing onto Olivier's outside shoulder behind his shoulder pad. So he's almost bringing Olivier in closer to him for some reason. When you're 6'7", you want to grab him by the neck right here, and you want to drive your fist up into his neck so he can't breathe and it's uncomfortable for him. That's what I would try to do. I wasn't the big jersey jab, punch it in the head. I hated that. I would grab it, and I would push it on the guy's neck, and it would make it uncomfortable for him, so he'd have to swivel off. Sometimes it doesn't work because you're pulling away a lot of the times, but I would just try to do that. Rempe grabs him out here. That allowed Olivier, I don't know if you're watching on YouTube, it allowed Olivier to punch through. So he's got him on the back of his shoulder. It's hard to grab yourself. You know what I mean? It's, I, can't, I can't really do it justice. But go watch the fight. He grabs him from behind his shoulder, and Olivier's like jackpot. So you're grabbing me behind my shoulder. I still have full range of motion, and you're pulling me towards you. Uh, yes, please. Can I have another? And he just feeds him his lunch. One, two, three, four, five. And Rempe, good on him. He's stuck in there a long time. Like he's, His face is probably mashed potatoes this morning. But it was, it was a good fight. And you, even after the game, Olivier, he's like, I'm not telling you my tricks. Because they asked him what, what, um, what he did going into that fight. And he's like, right, you think I'm going to tell you that? I'm going to fight this guy again. I don't want to give away my secrets. But it, it was a great fight. It was a fun fight to watch. 10 out of 10 for entertainment value.
1: Oh for sure. Now Rempi's up to three fights in five games like I said, and I think all three of them have come on his first shift of the game. At least two of them have. Um he's just he's just jumping right into it and um I don't know, it's just a lot of fun to watch. He's played I think he's played he's played five games. I think he's 10 11 minutes total. Like he's not getting a lot of ice time, but he's up to mm-hmm. over 30 pins. It's just crazy how much what he's doing. But that actually brings up the question. I saw this, you know, everyone's talking about the Delorie fight and the Olivier fight. And then I saw the tweet from Mark Spector, who was, you know, one of the head columnists at Sportsnet. He's one of the, the broadcast personalities. And he said, quote, this kid shouldn't be doing this every play because he's watching the fight against uh, Olivier, where he's getting his head pounded. So like, the kid shouldn't be doing this every day. Someone in the Rangers organization needs to take better care of this young man. He does not always have to say yes. It'll be a short career if he does. Do you feel
0: like that's a fair analysis or do you feel like it's a little bit maybe too soft? It's easy for the reporter to say that whose life is not on the line, you know, when he has to fight. Go back and look at the fight cards of all the, the tough guys. Every year, 25, 26, 28, 30, 40. That's not uncommon for those guys to fight every other game. The Marty McSorleys, the Brad Mays, those types of guys, and they're established in the league. This kid is just in the league. He's trying to put a stamp on this team and, and cement his spot and lineup. He's not going to play a ton of minutes. So what can he do to make an impact? You have to fight. You have to. I This misses the mark for me. Like, I, I don't know what else you want him to do, Mark Spector. You're there to fight. You're there to be a physical impact. And you're playing teams that have legit heavyweights. I could see if he's playing a team like the Penguins, a team like the Detroit Red Wings, Those teams that don't have a heavy, he's going to do what he has to do to stay in the lineup. So, and he is—he's doing a great job. He put put one in his second game, a game winner. I just—I just think he needs to just take a step back and a big picture here. I respect Mark Spector; he's doing a good job, but he's missing the mark here a little bit. I I don't think the Rangers need to. Hey, can you stop fighting? Because the, the team loves it and the fans love it, and you're you're staying in the lineup, but can you stop so we? We're just worried. We're worried about you. And then we're going to pull you out of the lineup.
1: Isn't there a middle ground, though, where they can say, hey, listen, you've done everything we've asked of you and more like, let's just slow slow down a little bit, focus just a little bit more on hockey, work on the skills, like you said, that he needs to build because he's getting punched in the head, you know, two, three days a week now. And those guys you mentioned that that have been doing it 40 times a year in the 80s and 90s, like that whole generation, not all of them, obviously, but that's like the guys who have CTE issues drug abuse, mental health issues, like all the stuff that comes with that. And so I think that's what Spectre referring to is like, there's a way to establish yourself, which you've done, or at least have started to without getting punched in the head every other night. And you don't have to always fight in order to be
0: useful in the league. Right. What way would that be? How does he establish himself? If he plays four to six minutes a night, what does he do?
1: Well now, okay. <laughs> It's more about moving forward. You know, it's like he's he's done he's done what he has to make a name for himself and to prove to the team and the organization that he'll do whatever it takes. Yeah. That doesn't mean that he needs to do that every single night. He just means that he can be he can contribute that to the lineup when it's needed or when, you know, it makes no, sense I agree. for him.
0: Yeah. Team, I, I don't think you know. he's gonna fight three out of five games his whole life. But yeah, I, I think he, like this is his first NHL game. He has to do it. Right? Like, he's been in the league for a week. Mandatory. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I just think we're just putting the cart before the horse here. He is still, like, he's he's not even a rookie yet. He could still get sent down. It doesn't even count as a full season on his contract. Like, he hasn't played nine games. So, yeah, let's just pump the brakes here. Like, I think we're getting, just because the fights are so grandiose, people are just shocked by, he's going to kill himself. This is so ridiculous. He can't do it relax. He knows what he's doing. And I, I know all that CTE and drug stuff and this and that. I understand that everyone who got into a fight signed up to do that job. It is what it is. I've talked to every tough guy there is around the block, especially after Derek died. We all talked to each other, everybody, and we all understood the risks and everybody asked each other, would you still do it? This and that. Cause we all got asked the question up and down. Yeah, we would. It's a part of the job. I know it's morbid and I know it's crazy to think that it's just the way it works. We love playing the game and fighting was a part of it. I probably got CTE. Yep. I got a bad memory. I I get angry quickly. It is what it is. I would not change it. I enjoyed playing hockey. I knew the risks and I, I still play. So it's not Mark Spector's decision to say when this guy can and can't fight. It's Rampy's decision. He's he's a grown ass man. He can he can decide what he wants to decide. That's what I don't like, all these outside people. No, I know better than you, do you? Do you really? Or do you just don't like it? There's a big difference there. Everyone talks, oh, freedom of speech, freedom of this, freedom of that. Why can't I be free to go get my face punched in? If I want to, and make a million dollars. Why can't I do that, Tim? I'm not a free country? But I think I should be able to do that. Well, it's gonna affect you later on in life. So is smoking. Nobody can smoke, right? Cool. I don't know. This stuff irks me a little bit because what?
1: No, that's all all great. And I, I just wonder, just going back to a small part of his point, is someone in the Rangers organization taking better care of him? And by that, I mean, like, if they're not stopping him from fighting, at least saying, like, being more strategic about it or teaching him how to fight, like, do you think anyone's teaching him is he watching video and saying, okay, this is what I should do better next time. I, I fight someone of Olivier's ilk. Or is it
0: just... No, a they don't have a fighting coach. Finished? No. What they should do is call me. Honest, Honestly. Blind me out. I'd work with him for a week. He'd be a much better fighter. And I'm dead serious. I would, I would turn this kid into a killer. Because he has the instinct. He just goes out there and shocks him. Train him a little bit. Reign him in. A little sea biscuit action. Slow down, big fella. We can work with you because he has that aggressive nature. He could be a really, really tough kid, but he will get his face caved in if he keeps fighting this way. You have to learn to just. sometimes I mean, You got to play a little defense, and it's not playing defense; just a different grip. So, he's making it exciting, Tim. Though that's it. See, he puts a stamp on it. People are talking about it, even though we lost. Even though we lost, it's it's a good thing for the kid. And then Columbus wins the game too. What a fight by Olivier! Gosh fired that team up right there the rangers are on a 10 game winning streak and he beats up rempy they win the game four to two fighting doesn't matter yeah right losers all right tim what is what i got wendy's last night tim driving home yeah yeah i drove out i drove out of my way to get wendy's and i go to the i go i i ordered and i said you guys are sponsors of my show she's like get the hell out of here i don't know who you are (laughs) beat it Oh like, I got, I pulled up my podcast and I said, look at it's here. Wendy's she's like, no. it's me, John Scott. Yeah. And then I ordered and I get like 20 feet in front of me. And I go, you didn't give me all my sandwiches. Cause I ordered three sandwiches and a fry. It was a long drive. I got a, um, a spicy chicken and then I got a Dave's double. And then I got a double baconator. It was a long drive. And I'm like, where the, there's only two sandwiches in here. And I backed it up. I'm like, um, sweetie uh, sure. changed me here. And she goes, Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry about that. So anyways, go to the, let's do a Wendy's ad. read, Tim.
1: Yeah. So as you guys know, Wendy's is letting you win real food with your fantasy teams this year and daily face off. For those of you who smoke the competition, Wendy's is rewarding you with weekly prizes that will have you winning. Despite your lack of team building skills, download the Wendy's app and score yourself 150 bonus reward points on your first order. <laughs> And grab a sweet victory from the mouth-watering jaws of defeat, along with some fresh, never frozen beef. Sign up to play daily face-off to win weekly prizes like the spicy chicken sandwich from Wendy's and the Wendy's app.
0: I just bought so, that. Last, it was spicy. I, I, it was. It, I took two bites and I was, oh, I was choking a little bit and had to drink my Sprite, cool me down a little bit. It was good though. The last, the last three quarters was fantastic. Wendy's is the best. Right. I drove out of my way to go to it. Like I passed by Burger King. Passed by mcdonald's wendy's delicious nice. all right Tim, let's get to some quick hits here what are we talking about today
1: our quick hits as always are brought to you by doordash order 25 percent off and zero delivery fees on your first order use promo code nation 25 valid in canada the bruins blew a lead the other night against vancouver um saw that. Eight, there were, two nothing? yeah there's two nothing going into the third uh the, the Bruins have gone now eight straight games without a regulation win for the first time since 2010. It's, just, it's not good. It's not good. Everyone's talking about Grizzly and Forbert and uh, DeBrusque and Allmark and what they're going to do and should they even be buyers at the trade deadline. And I don't want to you know panic or anything like that. They're still well within reach of winning the division. But people are freaking out just a little bit.
0: I'm telling um, you, they're going to be in a wild card spot. When the playoffs begin, they will be a wild card team no no they won't you don't think so okay no
1: okay. um so i was going back through our, our messages the other day i was going through some players that we've been talking to and i totally forgot clayton keller said over the summer he would come on our show and he said uh, he's like yeah i just can't do it right now we're about to start camp like follow up with me um later in the season which i was going to do slow played then- him. we slow play <laughs> <him>. <laughs> the long con but then he got hurt last night he left mm. the game with, with the Jets' uh, upper body injury. Could be a little bit of a, a, a serious injury, so we're waiting for the report on that. Meanwhile, the Coyotes lost their 12th straight. Brutal. Brutal, perfect brutal. time so for an interview. That. Hey, see you got yeah. some
0: free time. You want to come on the show? Oh, no. You keep losing. We missed um, them a month and a half ago. It would have been perfect. They were playing great no. in the playoff hunt. Now they're just pff, trash again. Next year. Uh, <laughs> next, yeah. Uh, the Maple Leafs recalled Joseph Wall
1: from his conditioning conditioning loan with the Marlies. He had some really good starts down there, and now he's coming back up. So they're going into the playoffs, hopefully with Wall and Samsonov, and you'll see which one of them wants the net badly enough to, to earn the starting job going into the playoffs. That'll work out perfect for him. <laughs> if you Who do you like? Toronto versus Tampa, first round. Tampa. Toronto versus Boston. Toronto.
0: Toronto versus Florida. Florida. I said it before. They need to line up versus Boston. That's their team. That's their sweet spot. And even that, like, I feel like
1: they definitely lose to Florida and Tampa. Boston's probably a toss up. And I feel Tampa like... is a toss up.
0: Boston's a sure win. Florida's mm. a sure loss. We'll see. And Boston uh, sucks. They're so they are the worst team in the playoff spot right now. They'll lose first round, guaranteed. Heard it here first. Well, Let's talk after the trade deadline. Okay, but let's yeah. do it. Oh, they got a lot of pieces to trade. Oh, they're going to make some
1: noise. I just want to be clear about them being first in their division. Just want to make sure that you know that.
0: Oh, I they're know third. very well. That's why my predictions are so bold. Don't you see? They got 81 points. I know that. Yeah. They, they won it, a game man. in regulation a, you, in eight, eight games. Did you know that? Eight games they haven't won a game never. in regulation. All right, the trade deadline yeah. is Friday. This is very exciting. We're going to do a show this week. A week from Friday. Yeah. A week from Friday. Oh, it is? Yeah, so we got a long time. 8th. We're not going to do a show about the trade deadline. March Break 8th. Second. March 8th. We'll do one. All right, everybody. We appreciate the support. Thanks for listening to me babble on about my my party lifestyle. It's exciting. It's, it's a lifestyle. You know what I mean? No TV, partying with celebrities. That's what I do. And I'll talk to everybody on Wednesday. Who knows what I'm going to do tonight? Maybe go to California party with some celebrities. I don't know. Maybe I'll go to bed at 830 because I'm super tight. That's probably more realistic. All right, everybody. I appreciate the support. We'll talk to you later. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode.